Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. assignment and looks like we've chewed into your time a little bit is that okay Sharon's okay with it anyone else you okay with that hallelujah so I'm going to go down through this almost like the reader's digest uh, condensed version is that okay Jesus I know there's something you want us to know and in knowing then that empowers us to walk in it Help us, help us, help us to embrace what you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. hallelujah. Uh, we want to say hello to all you out there in streamland. Get your Bible out and buckle up. Here we go. Amen. We're looking here in a, two testimonies. I want you to locate two words Let's call them two key words. So I'm going to read a testimony from the Bible, and I want you to locate two key words that were responsible for creating a miracle in an individual's life. You you ready to look? Now, if you don't have your Bible uh, on your lap or if you don't have your app, uh, we'll have projection for you. I'm going here to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. What are we looking for? Two key words. And they'll be catalysts to create a miracle. Here we go. Verse 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, so it'll be a little bit different than the projection. And now she suffered with this condition under the hands of many physicians or doctors. She not only went to all the doctors she could, but she spent all the money she had. And yet, she was no better, but her condition continued to get worse. Verse 27, she heard the reports about Jesus. How many of you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, everybody say, for she said. If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. King James says, I'll be made whole. 29, and immediately, how long did it take? Immediately, the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Jesus said here in verse 30, as he perceived in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched 
my garments. Now, the disciples said to him, in response to his question, who touched me, well, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? How many of you know that when we have questions and, and we say to the Lord in a mm, unknowing way, and we kind of question him, that's like being like these disciples. You're crazy, Lord. You didn't even touch you. Everybody's touching you. Verse 32. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before Jesus, told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, here's a testimony of a woman with an incurable disease. Did everything, earthly speaking, to be healed, but only continue to get worse. But she received a miracle. What are the two key words that produced her miracle? Said, huh? Faith, touch, heard, believe, she went. All good answers and all part of the story. But in my perspective, the two key words are number one, power. power. And the second word, faith. Notice it said that power went out of Jesus. To who? Everybody was touching him. Why just one woman was a recipient of his power? Faith. Got the two words? See, this woman learned how to release her faith to tap into the available power. Got it? Let's go on over to, I'm trying to hurry up. As you're turning to Luke 5, 17... Let me just give a, a little bit more information about the woman with the issue of blood. We're going to Luke 5.17. My question is, while you're multitasking here, why didn't the power or anointing on Jesus impact anyone else who was touching Jesus? Lack of faith? Well, this is a truth that is so important for you and I to understand, that the power of God is inert until it's activated by faith. Could we say that his power is there yet dormant until it's activated and released to someone 
who's in a position of faith. It's just like an electrical socket. The power is already there in that socket. It's already available, but it's inert. Because there's no demand on the power. But when we plug into the power, what happens? The fan works. The light goes on. The charger for your iPhone is now charging your battery. The power was there all the time. But until you plugged into it, it did you no personal good. Amen? You see, religion keeps trying to brainwash us to say that God just does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. He's like lightning. Never know where he's going to strike. That's not what the Bible teaches. How many of you know that that power that was in Jesus was there the whole time he walked down that path, but only one person benefited from it? She initiated it. She plugged into it. She got her miracle. Let's look for these two words again. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day that Jesus was teaching. Now, the Lord's already talking to me about a service coming up that we're going to talk about the works of Jesus. And in this particular instance, this is one of the works that he was doing during his earthly ministry. He was teaching. Too many times when we think of the works of Jesus, we go right to miracles. We go right to this. You know, raise this one from the dead. Walking on the water. And yes, that was part of his works. But that was the lowest of the works he did. So here he is doing what? Teaching. And there were Pharisees, and there were doctors of the law sitting by. And apparently this was a well-advertised meeting because these Pharisees and doctors of the law, they came out of every town of Galilee. So this was a who's who's of the Jewish religion in this meeting. Not only out of Galilee, but Judea and Jerusalem. I'm not sure what, how many mile radius that is, but it could be a hundred mile radius. And notice it says that the power, everybody say the power. The power of the Lord was present. Well, what was it present there to do? Huh? Now, this is important. I want you to get these two words. To heal them. That power, that healing power that was on Jesus, according to Acts 10.38, that power and anointing that was on there was for every person present. Them. Doesn't that help us to see the will of God concerning healing? So God's power was present in that service to heal them. Do I dare ask the question that you already know the answer to? Well, then why weren't them receiving? 
with you, Karen. You're going to get a star on your paper after the service. Remember those little stars we used to get in school? Am I really dating myself or what? We used to get these little stars. Yeah, gold stars. <laughs> Glory to God. Check it out. Verse 18. And behold, men brought in a bed. And, you know, we're not talking about a sleep number bed. We're, you know, we're talking about probably a stretcher, right? King James says a couch. And this man was taken with a palsy. That means he was crippled. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay this crippled man before Jesus. Now, can I take a short side version or side trip right here? Okay, good. Sometimes I need to know you're out there. Need a little help here. There are those in our life that are like this crippled man. He couldn't get to church by himself. And you got some people that are crippled emotionally. You got people in your life that are crippled spiritually. Those that the darkness has blinded them. They, they just don't see the need of going to church. And you and I have to be those people like these four men that brought the one that couldn't get to church to church. More people should be saying amen or oh me. Right? This man never would have got a miracle if he didn't have someone bring him to church. And there's people in our lives, let me include myself in this, there are people in our lives, they will never get their miracle until we get them to church. Where the word of God is preached. Where the presence of the Holy Spirit is in manifestation. Now I can testify this morning that I would not be standing here before you. If I didn't have those that brought me to church when I was crippled. I was crippled spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I was in the junk heap. And I had no way to get to church by myself. But yet, Neil Sprague, my spiritual dad, I was working for him. And he kept asking me, he says, why don't you come to church with us on Sunday? And I was, it was amazing how busy I was on Sundays. Oh, no, I got things to do, like recover from my hangover. Um, but then the Lord started giving him wisdom. So I turned him down multiple times. But one Sunday he comes to me and says, Hey, Bruce, uh, you want to go to church? Nah, I don't have anything to wear. He says, well, we're going out to pizza right after. I said, what time are you leaving? <laughs> what time are you leaving? Because I'm going. You said pizza, right? And you're, you're picking up the tab? Yeah, okay. 
let's go to Francis's. I think it was, it was off of Francis Street in Longmont where we'd go to pizza. Well, I kept going out to lunch on Sundays with Neil. Of course, we stopped at the church first. And before you knew it, guess what? Brucey's saved. Here's a cripple like this guy who had four crazy friends and brought him to church. Why don't you women get some crippled women to the women's advance? I got some bullet, some flyers right out there on the table. And I don't care if you got to bribe them. Remember, they're crippled. They're crippled. They don't know what you know. They don't know what you have. But what you got is real and it's eternal. And Jesus wants them to have it too. So let's be like these four crazy friends, huh? So we're done with that announcement. Verse 19. And when they could not find what way that they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop. That'd be the roof. And then they had to obviously open up the roof. And they let him down through the tilings on his stretcher into the midst of Jesus. Now, what word did we, what key word did we find first in this testimony? Power. So now we're looking for the second key word. Verse 20. And when Jesus saw their When Jesus saw their Here's somebody getting ready to plug into the power. Huh? Now remember, them, the, the power was there for them. But then someone crashed the party with faith. When he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, your sins are forgiven thee. Now, we don't have time to get into that because I'm doing the Reader's Digest version. Go to verse 24. He says, so, so that you may know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, hath power upon the earth to forgive. He said unto the sick of the palsy. Now, notice he didn't say, he says, arise, take up thy couch, your stretcher, and get out of here, go home. Now, you got to understand that this is a, word of power that was spoken to an individual. This is like Jesus saying to Peter, come so that you can walk on the water. So this is a word of power spoken to this man and he's, he tells him to get up! So that power that he's attempting to plug in yet has not been plugged into yet because he's still crippled. But when he obeyed that word, and it says that, it says in verse 25, and immediately he rose up. Who rose up? He did. You see, many times the power does not get tapped into until we respond with actions to 
the word of God by faith. Sometimes it's by speaking. Sometimes it's by acting. For example, I learned years ago that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And when I accepted that as the truth, from then on, when I had any kind of symptoms on my body that, that contradicted what I believed according to the word of God, I would act the opposite. Do you know how many times I've had in the last 38 years that on a Sunday morning, my body didn't feel like coming to church? How many know that there was times that I'd wake up and I'd have this symptom, I'd have that symptom? How many know that we're not immune to symptoms in our body? We're in a fallen world. But each time I woke up and felt that, I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to church. By the time I got here, every symptom was gone, in most cases. Because the power was in my bedroom to heal me. I had to respond to it by faith. And sometimes that's actions. Remember, Jesus, when he saw their actions, he says, I see your faith. You know, that crippled guy could have said, oh, look, hey, it's really busy. There's no way we can get in there. And I'm not going up on that roof. How about we just wait out here at the front door? Maybe we'll catch Jesus on the way out. No, we're going on the roof and we're getting it now. That's the kind of faith it receives. Amen. Now, it says immediately when he initiated rising up, he was healed. And notice it says that that he picked up the stretcher himself and went home. Now, we don't have time to talk about why Jesus wanted him to get out of that place as fast as he could. But there's a reason. See, Jesus doesn't randomly say something and it not mean anything. He says, you pick up your couch and you get out of here. There's a reason. We might get into that. All right? So he went, departed to his own house doing what? Glorifying God. So what are the two key words to receiving a miracle? Number one? Power. 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 Number two? Faith. Faith. And that we're, we've expounded on that. It's an active faith, not a dormant faith. All right? Now, why are we talking about this? Well, we had to fill up the time this morning. It's Sunday morning, so we're just, we're just, we're just talking. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, you know, I've learned to not like that saying, I'm just saying. Because if I'm always just saying, then no power is being released. Our saying is our believing, so I'm just believing when I'm saying. Amen? So the Lord is showing me that he's creating a a place here in this house, in this church for miracles. Now we've had all sorts of miracles in the last 38 years and there's a season we're coming into right now and have already stepped into that is now increasing. Amen. Amen. So it's up to us to create the atmosphere that 
that makes it conducive for miracles. So we're not like the place that Jesus kicked the guy out to get away from, but it's the place that he sends people to. Right? So understand that faith can be released individually and faith can be released collectively. Now in the case of the woman with the issue of blood, she tapped into the power of God with individual faith. It was all on her. But this guy had crazy friends, the crippled man, so now there's five people in faith. That's a collective faith. That's what you have right here. There's a collective faith. And so we can increase every person that's in the room that's in faith, you increase faith's power by tenfold. Maybe I'll let Ken help me with this because I'm not real good at this. So, so, so me and Yolanda make um, tenfold, and then it's what? Hundredfold, then it's a thousandfold, then it's ten thousandfold, then it's a hundred thousandfold. We got a lot of folds in here. Because it's multiplying. It's not added together. It's multiplied. For if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. So the Lord is wanting us here as a body to start believing for miracles. And that when people are being ministered to, like it just happened this morning. Well, maybe you didn't have a need. Everything was good in your life, but the person next to you was raising their hand. You could have started agreeing with them that they're receiving their miracle. Instead of being just a spectator. Oh, wow, a lot of people with hands up this morning. Well, they're not like me because I got all mine met, but they, apparently they don't. And I don't know who that voice is. I'm sorry, just... just Barney Fife or something, I'm not sure. But you see, I want you and I to start being conscious of causing our faith to come into a harmony and agreement. Not just for ourselves, but for all of us. Right? And so when people come in here, they're not the Lone Ranger. They've got a whole church family that's believing for God's best for them. And when we come here expecting miracles, you're believing before you even get through the doors. And that's the atmosphere that God can use. Amen? Now, I was going to go down and, and show you some other things, but I, th I think you got it, right? Did you get it this morning? Do I, do I need to keep going? I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is saying that this place has been designated for miracles. And it's not that he chose us, it's because we're choosing him. Remember? Because that power was there for them. 
but only five chose him. Does that make sense? So what we're believing for is for any church. And when I say any, that's pretty vague. I'm talking about those that believe that Jesus is God in flesh. Who died for our sins, who hung on the cross and was buried in our sake and was resurrected from the dead and he's alive today, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Every one of those churches that believes that and proclaims that and practices that, his power is there to heal. But yet we have to plug in. How do we plug into the power? Yeah. So while we're on our way to church on a Sunday morning, lift your request to the Lord and say, Father, I thank you for miracles today at Berkeley Family Church. I thank you for helping those in need today. I thank you that your presence will be so manifest. It'll be easy for them to receive their miracles. You just put it in your own words. And when you come through that door, there should be a little excitement. <laughs> I'm going to see something this morning. It's going to be good. Woo! And if we do that consistently, you watch who shows up. You watch who shows up. You see, the woman with the issue of blood, she knew where to go. And that guy that was crippled with the four crazy friends, they knew where to go. How, hey, when, when things start popping, everybody knows. And you'll see him come. I said, you'll see him come, a running, and then you're going to be leaving. You'll be believing for them and with them. And we'll have a corporate faith, and we're going to have... A heavenly presence in here creating miracles so father I want to thank you for revealing to us the two keys to miracles obviously it's you your power your anointing I thank you that through Jesus Christ that power is available to every one of us but then you require something from us. You're willing to bring your power to bear in our behalf, but we have to be the one who initiates it through faith. And when we do and we plug in, power flows and miracles are created. Now, Father, help us to see that we have more to say about what you get to do here in this house than what maybe we had recognized before. We have a place to, to a part to place. We have a role in allowing you to move. Help us to do our part because you always do your part when we do ours. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, next Sunday would be a good way of bringing people to church because we're having a potluck. Amen. We may not have pizza, but we'll have something else that's real good.
So let's, let's fill this place up next Sunday, and uh, it'll be a good time. Amen? Well, you guys are awesome. Say, I'm awesome. Say, I'm awesome. Yeah, you are. See ya.